0: Not that chicken for Popeye's. Not a sponsor. <laughs> this week uh, we'll be talking about Genesis 2. um, The creation of man and woman. Um, So I uh, hope you're looking forward to that. Let's go. Cool thing that I've like kind of been able to do uh with this podcast is like i've never really looked at the bible um in an academic way um and look at it as in like learning about the way it's written and the kind of the small things that sometimes don't matter in it um when it comes to spirituality and so like there's there's some cool things that you know like you just don't know about the scripture until you kind of look at it that way and it's not it's not always good to look at it that way, but it's very helpful in some cases because you do um, uncover some things that are very, very important if you look at it that way um, occasionally. And so I think it's been really cool to kind of look at that, look at the scripture as a kind of a view of theology instead of, instead of just, uh, I feel like, the way that we are grown up to look at it um, as just kind of like stories. Uh, a lot of the time and then and i think it just gives you a different view and i think it's really cool and so one of the things that i thought was funny and thought was i thought it was cool um when i was reading genesis 2 and i realized that i completely forgot this part of the scripture but uh adam names like all of the animals um i think getting in verse 18 maybe um He names like all the animals and then he names the woman he names the woman woman (laughs) and then something I didn't realize was that (laughs) Eve's name isn't mentioned until the end of the whole chapter in like verse 20 and Adam names Eve which I thought was just so funny for some reason I don't know why I thought it was funny but it just kind of it was just kind of weird because I was like uh uh I thought about how like Adam shows God's image by you know God created the whole world but God or or, or Adams kind of like showing God's creative spirit or God's created create creativity sorry um in that he's naming all like naming the things of the earth f- um, for God so I just thought it was really cool but I just thought it was funny because I was like wait did they just never at first i thought that they just never called her eve but then that doesn't make any sense because there's other places in the bible that um that they they call her eve and so i was like i was like they better not have just like all of genesis just doesn't say eve but yeah but yeah he names her it says the man called his wife's name eve because she was the mother of all living things so um of um, of all the living so i thought that was i thought it was funny and thought that was cool something that i didn't didn't notice was um <laughs> was in the scripture but um we're gonna be answering a few questions about this passage um the main questions would be uh how did god create man how did he create woman um and why did he create them So very simple questions that we can kind of look at uh as we go into this and so there's there's a few like short answers here so like how did God create man? We see in Genesis two seven that He created him out of the dust of the earth, uh, which I always thought was a cool. It was a cool thing because, because of, of course I don't remember where He says this. I don't remember if He says this in three, in, in chapter three. I'll have to find it. But uh, whenever the Lord says you will return to the to the dust from which you came, um, of course that's just. I feel like that's a very cool phrase. But um, but yeah, I think it's cool that we were that God created Adam in dust uh, from the dust of the earth and breathed his life into him. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. So that's the short answer on that. Genesis 2, 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. So yeah, that's a, that's just a really like powerful statement that, you know, without God, not only, he didn't only create us, but he breathed the life um, that started mankind into Adam. So I thought it was, that's that's a really cool thing to notice. Um, the other question was how did God create woman? And the short answer is God created woman out of man. Um, in Genesis 2.21-22, it says, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is at last is the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she has take, been taken out of man, because she was taken out of man. I just noticed something something else there is that God calls <laughs> God calls, uh, Eve Eve a woman before Adam says she shall be called woman, which which is really funny because we know that God knows all things, and I think that just kind of even though we don't, I mean that could just be a fluke thing, but I think that's kind of cool that like God was like, oh, and I made this woman, and and you know I made this woman, and then the man said we shall call it, we shall call, uh, we should call her a woman, and I just I thought I thought it was funny. Um, that's very cool. Um, so, how was uh, or why did God create man and woman is the next kind of question that we're going to get into. The short answer on that, another short answer is uh, He created us. He created man and woman to give a more full picture um, of His image um, through through those through the two different. Uh, genders um we get to see a more full picture of who god is because um because that's the way he chose to do it and there's other things that that we show through that um and one of the this the scriptures that goes into and i'm about to get into another thing sorry i forgot to mention was this is that man and woman were created equal um and we see that in genesis 127 whenever uh, God says, we will make uh, man in our image, uh, and he says, male and female, he created them." Um, and so we see that, and then we also see in uh, After the Fall in Genesis 5, 1 through 2, it says this, it's quoting um, Genesis 1, as I I, I think, um, it says, yeah, so Genesis 1, 27, I'll go read it now, but, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So, male, male and female are created um, equally, and that's the way that God thinks about male and female. Um, so there's, you know, like God, God thinks about it that way. So we kind of can't change it. Um, so there shouldn't be any, any changes in that. You know, we shouldn't think more of ourselves uh, as a certain sex, and we shouldn't think less of ourselves um, as a certain sex. So it's, it's. It's just kind of set that way, and I don't think there's anything that can change that. Um, So man and woman were created equal. Um, So back to the question of why did God create man and woman? Um, And that is to, as I said, give a more full picture of the image of God. Um, A good passage, or a cool passage, is in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul, um, the first section of this is a little bit of like a, it's a little confusing passage, but it's talking about head coverings like in the congregation and it's talking about the differences in man and woman in the congregation. And basically what he says throughout this is that, uh, you know, man and woman have a role to play in showing who God is and, um, and kind of describing what those roles are and the differences in those roles. Um, And so, and so is showing uh, who God is and giving him glory through that relationship, or through in the through the way that they uh, act, look, dress, and and react to the environment, react to the other people around them. So it's it's kind of a cool thing. I would encourage you to go read that. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, that's also it. Really, it's kind of a really weird one. Um, you first read it, and you're kind of like, what? Um, but but that's that's kind of where we get that is that we have the two sexes have different ways that they uh interact and uh react in the congregation they both have gifts to give um in that uh in that setting and in different settings um and so so yeah so why did god uh create man and woman and that's to show his glory more to the full and give two sides to who god is um so uh one thing i'm trying to figure out here yeah so so th- those are the the main questions um one of the other things in the way that we can show god's glory um is through marriage and our family life one of the things that uh i've read things about i've i've seen things about is that like we can show kind of uh the relationship of the Trinity. Through our family life, which I think is a really cool thing to think about, and it's not like direct because we're not, we're not God. But um, also, uh, and, and another reason why it's not, it's not perfect is because uh, in in a marriage there's two people, um, and in a family sometimes there's more than three people. So it's not a perfect rep- rep- representation, but it's one of those things where it's like, through our family life and through marriage, we can kind of show that relationship. Um, and not only that, but we also see the relationship of, um, of uh, Christ and his bride eventually um, as the church, his bride as the church, and we see that in marriage as well. So those are also reasons that God created um, male and females to show those relationships um, and, and, to sh- and to in some ways show the relationship of the Trinity. So I thought that's a cool thing to think about. Another question that comes with that. Is why did God create uh, two people um, in a marriage instead of three? If he was trying, if he was trying to show the the Trinity, um, and so a, a quick answer to that and a little bit on that is like um, we don't get a direct answer on this, um, of course, but it's 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 maybe God wanted us to still f- know that we're inferior to God. You know, if we if he made us to reflect. Um, or if our relationships reflect the Trinity in the way that that worked, we wouldn't be, we would not be inferior to him. We would be closer to him than we probably should be um, because we're really a fallen people. We're really not, we're not like God or we're not, uh, we're not perfect and we're not exactly like God. We're we're built in the image of him, um, but we're not supposed to in ever, Ever, we should we should never kind of become over him, and so he. I think you know a possible answer to that is that he might want us to remember that he's greater than us, that he's bigger um, than us in those ways. Um, and then another another thing, as I said earlier, was that maybe he wanted um, you know a father and a mother and a daughter or a son. Um, to kind of reflect the Trinity instead of just a marriage, you know, maybe it's the whole, you know, the whole family unit. And so I think, I think those are kind of an answer to that question of like, if he really wanted us to see it as the Trinity, um, see marriage or, or family life as the Trinity, then why did he, you know, why did he make two instead of three? Um, I think that's a kind of a decent answer on that, even though we don't get a, um, full answer on that. And so, that's uh, why did God create man and woman? How did he create man um, and woman? And uh, the next thing that I'm going to talk about is uh, the fact that uh, we see two major roles in the Bible. Jesus, number one, <laughs> huge role in the Bible, um, and Paul, the other one, uh, who both were not married. And in fact, Paul um, talked about Encouraged, or he encouraged people not to be married in certain scripture in certain letters that he wrote. And so we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at kind of the reasons those two men uh, weren't married, and the reason that you know, because we were just we just were talking about how marriage is kind of a very good sim. It's a God put put marriage into the world as a symbol for uh, the unity between Christ and the church, um, and so if that's so. If that's so sacred if that's so such a good thing then why do why does jesus number one not married um and why is paul not married and so i, I we're about to dig into like that and um and the reasons behind both those specific things uh, a quick story before i continue um which is, it's kind of a funny and very off-topic story. It kind of goes along with the creation of Adam. But um, at some points in our youth, uh, we will have like a question and answer kind of thing, which I'm sure other uh, churches do. But, um, But the way that we have done it recently, or in the past year or two, is that you would have like a website or something you would go to and like, Put in your question and send it in, and it would, I think it would send it anonymous, anonymously so that no one could figure out who it was, you know? And so you would, you would like, they would like take a break and then everyone would send them in. And then my youth pastor or whoever, uh, whoever was doing the whatever talk it is would have their phone up there and like be answering questions, right? Um, and so at one point, I don't remember what they were talking about. I don't think it was any one one thing in in like specific one specific topic, but I think it was either my brother or one of my other friends. Um, they're sitting there and like my youth pastors answering all these like uh Bible questions and like serious questions and stuff, and they come up with this really funny and puzzling thing that I that i have i've been a fan of forever it's so funny it's um did adam have a belly button is the question because he wasn't born but he was created in the image of god but we don't know that we don't know that that's a physical attribute that that god has so we are like we are like what what that didn't did, did Did Adam have a belly button? We just thought that, I've always thought that's the funniest thing because he wasn't born. um, Eve wasn't born, so you could even ask if she had a belly button. But that's a weird, that's a really weird, you know, like, I don't know why I brought this up. But it's it's a really, it's a really funny thing because you're like, it's created from dust. Like, there's nothing that says that he was born. So i don't i don't know i just thought it was a really funny thing it's like it's puzzling because you're like what would you look like without a belly button i don't know i think it's funny but <laughs> anyway back to uh <laughs> back to the creation of man and woman um and genesis 2 um the next thing i chat about is jesus not being married and Paul not being married. I'm um, gonna we'll start with Jesus because you know he's amazing. So Jesus <laughs> was a uh, was a man, as we all know, um, and so he could have been married while he was on this earth. And so the question is, why uh, why did he not get married? Is there any one reason? And so the the answer to that would be. Um, jesus was both god and man um and we see in ephesians five twenty three uh, through what was that five twenty three through 32 it says for the husband is the head of the uh is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church his body and his and is himself its savior now is the church uh, now as the church submits to christ um, so also wives sh- should submit to everything, uh, everything to their husbands. Um, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might um, uh, sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and of word. Um, so basically, you know, that wasn't the full thing. I, uh, I don't know why I wrote it down, because the, the, point, the, the point is, it's great scripture, I read it multiple times, but... Uh, the point is that Christ's bride is the church uh, in the scripture this is what's what uh is being said here um and we know that from other scriptures uh, throughout the Bible as well throughout the Old Testament is that the church is Christ's bride and so his reasoning in that he didn't get married or one of the reasons a kind of possible answer to that is that um, the reason that he didn't get married is because his his bride is the church and, and instead of you know if he was while he was if while he was on this earth he married one person um, it would kind of I don't know I don't think it would throw it off but um, it's just kind of weird because you're thinking about he's married to all his whole church so a whole group of people the the Christian faith, the people who are in Christ um, and if he was to marry one single person, it would just kind of, like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't change that necessarily. We don't see anything about that. Um, but it's just, like, think about that. You don't, instead of marrying one single person, he, he's waiting until, um, he will become the husband of the whole entire church. So that's just a, kind of a short answer, but it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing to think about is that that is a pretty good reasoning um, for him not to, to marry. Um for Paul it's a little bit weird. Um it's a little bit different. We see Paul encouraging people um not to marry um at some points. Um and and the question is, you know, why well why did Paul not um not marry and we see that in Cor- uh, in 1 Corinthians 7:28 uh it's it says or we see there that he doesn't say to marry is is wrong in fact it says um but if you do marry you have not sinned and if a betrothed woman marries she has not sinned yes those who marry will have worldly troubles and i would spare you that which is where we get that he's saying <laughs> Uh, if you get married you'll have worldly troubles and i would love to spare you of that um which i think is it's a really funny passage um in my opinion but he doesn't say that it's wrong he says if you get married it you have not sinned um he doesn't he doesn't think that it's wrong and you and you'll can if you go and continue to read this passage it's first uh, corinthians 7 uh, twenty five and to the end of the chapter um He's more like saying that it's that uh, marriage is a good thing, that um, is a privilege, that if it need be would be given up for the kingdom of God. Um, he talks about a lot, a lot about um, his relationship, or or like I've I've heard people talk about a lot his relationship with the church um, as being. Or, or with his with the Christians that he is ministering to, as as that is um that is kind of taking the place of of a marriage for him. Not in that he's married to the church like Christ or anything like that. I don't know why you would think that, but I'm saying like I'm saying like if it need be, if 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 marriage would take your focus off of the ministry, then it would be very. Smart to not marry, if that makes sense. It would be appropriate not to marry. Um, it also talks about oh, in this passage that um, the a good reason to be married would, would be if you need to. Um, if if not to be married would keep you away from God, or it wouldn't. If you you have to uh, just kind of be smart in that and be like, if if I'm if. If I cannot restrain from certain things, then I need to be in a relationship where I can have those desires filled, so that I can look to the Lord, you know. And so it, it talks about that. It's a really cool passage, and I would encourage you to go read it. Um, but yeah, so so Paul is is saying uh, is Paul is saying that that marriage is a gift that can be sacrificed for um, for the sake of the of the kingdom of God. Of God, um, and we see in, uh, let me see here, in First Corinthians four fifteen. Let me turn over here, because that was our different passage. In First uh, Corinthians four fourteen, it says, "I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish that you, as my loved children." So he's talking to a church, and he calls them his children. So um, basically, the point that I, that was being made here is that that you can still show those um attributes of god and show those that image of god um w- without being married those special those like uh things where it's or what i was talking about in the beginning about uh, showing kind of the trinity at some points and showing um christ christ as the uh Uh, as as the husband of the church you know as the head of the church you can show that in other ways you can show that as uh, ministering to other people you can show that in your other relationships Um, marriage is not the only place that you can show the image of God is what he's saying here and he's saying that if so you forfeit marriage to to uh, to spread God's word to spread the kingdom of God that's that's not a bad thing and that's actually a good thing, um, but he's also saying that if you marry or if you need to marry, it is not a sin. So um, basically, that's kind of like the, that's kind of like a short answer to why Paul um, would not be married and why he even encourages uh, people not to be married in that one passage in uh, seven. Uh, First Corinthians chapter seven twenty eight, he says, "Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that." Um, I think that's a really funny passage, just because, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen things where it's like fathers are like or like look at or like people will reference this uh, passage in like conversations about marriage and stuff just like it's better not to be married um but it, it goes on and it's it's a really good passage um but yeah so that that would be short answer to why christ wasn't married and why paul wasn't married um yeah so basically kind of a brief overview of what we've gone over gone over so far is like um God created man out of dust. God created woman, woman out of man. Um, God created man and woman equally in His image. Um, God created man and woman to uh, give us a more full view, give us a view of Him in um, two different kinds of people. Um, we can see God's image through godly man, godly men, and godly women. Um and that it is not it's, it's not necessarily a it's not necessarily um, a rule to be married or not to be married. you know it's not a it's not uh, you whatever whatever is right for you is kind of a, a thing and whatever God calls you to do is kind of um, where you should go and if you you get married or not, because um, there's certainly ways that you can show his image um in a marriage relationship and then without being married as well so that that's basically a shorter overview of what we've gone over so far so um one thing probably most of most people don't know about me is that um, I'm a, some sort of a dancer i don't know <laughs> some sort of, some sort of a dancer um but I, yeah i take i take dance classes um with a few people that i know and some of my friends um weekly um and it's it's a very fun thing um it's hard um, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because I, I think it serves as a pretty cool analogy for something that I'm going I'm to tell you a little bit more about dance and then I'm going to get into that analogy. But um, yeah, so dance and dance, you have to kind of balance um, the things that you do, the way that you uh, work yourself. Um, in my opinion, it's very, very hard, <laughs> as, well as, as so many other dancers would probably tell you, but you have different areas um that you have to work um in your in your body number one but also like you have to work your technique for uh for ballet you have to just work out in general then you have to you know you have to do all these different things you have to work on your balance you have to work on your uh just all of these different things you know that all come together to make kind of Everything easier and dance, and so, and so it's a very hard thing because you have to, you know, like some days I don't want to, I don't want to run, workout, and dance, and do technique all in the same day, but I also kind of need to, you know, um, and so you have all these things that are kind of like you kind of have to balance it out to try to, um, to try to keep yourself in the correct physical form to be able to consistently go back and do um, and do class, and do dance, and continue to learn. Um, and so yeah, that's a little bit about dance. I'm, I do contemporary dance based in ballet. Um, so all of our conditioning is in ballet, but um, we just kind of work out a lot of the time. <laughs> so so yeah, that's a little bit about dance, but the analogy that I wanted to bring up is is dance is an analogy kind of for your faith in in your, in your spiritual life. Um, Because as I said, you have so many things that you kind of have to balance out. Um, During quarantine, I've learned so much um, about the nature of God, the nature of myself um, um, and just learned a lot spiritually and and grown spiritually, which is all very, very good. Um, But, you know, I learn one thing and I've kind of forget one other thing, you know, and you don't really, you know like I, I remember I, or I like I learn um I learned that I need to to think about and, pon- and, and ponder on a certain thing. Um but then I forget. You know, I forget to to think about um another thing during like whenever I'm praying or whenever I'm digging into the word. And so it's a it's a balancing act. Um just kind of like dances just kind of like ballet is it's is just kind of like i need to i need to do all these things but i kind of have to do them all at once or i have to do them even though it's hard to, to sit down and i i end up trying to figure out in my prayer life i try to figure out certain like i have you know you have thanksgiving you know you have asking for forgiveness for my sins you have um praying for other people you have praying for because you don't, you know, you want to be humble. You don't, you don't want to just pray about yourself constantly. So you have to, you you want to pray about other people. You want to think about other people and their their issues and what they what's going on in their life, as well. Along with you want to submit yourself to the Lord. You want to submit everything in your life to the Lord. Which sometimes, sometimes is it's the it's the hardest thing to remember because a lot of times I'll just it's whatever's going on in my life. I'll submit to the Lord, but then I forget to be like, hey, I want to, I want to give everything, you know? Um, and so it's really hard to remember to do everything, especially in your prayer life, especially. And, um, I also have to read my Bible. I also have to, um, go to, I'm also going to Bible studies. I also have to text my friends and, and, you know, say, how's it going? You know, like (laughs) you have to do all this stuff and like keep those relationships so you can keep your faith, you know, iron sharpens iron like one man sharpens another. Um, you know, you also have to remember how to do those, or you, or you also have to remember to do those along with all of your work um, and all of the things outside of that um, and showing God's image in your daily life. So I think, I think you know, ballet is a very, very good um, representation of that, is that like you kind of have to train each and every part of yourself to do it, your, your mind, your body, um, you know, you're whatever, you know, (laughs) yeah, I I just, I thought that was a really cool thing that I thought about, um, that, like, probably like a day ago, uh, I noticed that it's a very good analogy for that, um, so just think about that and think about, like, are you, are your priorities straight, you know, are your priorities in the correct spot, um, to do all of those things at once, and it's very hard, and I fail at it every single day, um, and, and also just know that you're not alone in that, because I fail so often, um, and, and it's, it's humbling, and it's sometimes very, very hard to get back on your feet. But, but that's, yeah, that's all I had in that analogy. But on to the, to the next part of the podcast. Um, the next thing is, how can we respond to this? And to remind you what we were talking about, since I just kind of rambled there for five minutes, um, is we're talking about the creation of man, the creation of man and woman in Genesis 2. Um, and so, first off, on the things that we can do to respond, because we need to, we don't need, only need to learn stuff um, about God and about the Word of God, um, we also need to act, we also need to do things. Um, we don't want to just sit idle and do nothing. So the first thing that we can do is we can remember where we came from and humble ourselves through that. You know, we came from the dust of the earth. Adam was created from the dust of the earth, um, which is very humbling. And I would say, I said, remember that. You know, think about that. Think about the fact that without God's breath, we would not be existent. you know, without him creating us. Um, so I would say humble yourselves to that. Um, think about where you came from, um, even in your immediate life. You know, what? where was I uh, 10 years ago? Um, and how did I get to where I am now? And thank Him for that and humble yourselves before the Lord um, in that. Um, second, the second thing that we can do um, is we can examine ourselves and the way we think about ourselves and other people. Um, knowing that man and woman are created and seen equal um, in the eyes of God. Um, Do we really consider ourselves, um, do we really, really, really consider the opposite sex as equal with our own? I think that's a very uh, humbling statement to think about, is that like in everything that I do, everything that I think, all my actions, what I say, do I really think that I'm equal with the opposite sex? And I think that's a really cool, it's a humbling thing. It's also really cool just to think about um, and and to think about the world around you and how they view that. Um, so I would say think about that and think, think on and, and pray on what I can do to be better at that and to be, into even though, you know, um, there's the differences there and the genders, um, Know that we're both created equal, and help us to, you know, pray about pray to the Lord that He would help us, um, as His people, uh, respect the other, uh, the opposite sex. Um, so I think that's a really cool thing, and that's that's very important as we look on what we can, uh, how we can respond. Um, another thing is we can also think about um, the different roles in the congregation for men and women, as uh, I was talking about earlier. And um and find a way to respect them as I just said, and the different ways that they're supposed to act, dressed in the and dress in the congregation and react um, in those relationships. So that's that's another thing, um, is just trying to find respect um, for the for the other gender. And so because I see I see we see a lot in this world. Um, <laughs> we see a whole lot, um, but but yeah, I mean you can just see in a broken world the. The non-respect for the uh, for not even just the opposite gender, but but for the other the other people who are just your your neighbors in this world, um, and just trying to find a respect for them, knowing that they are created in God's image, known, knowing that they are created equally with us um, in all manners, just because God sees it that way. So then that's that is the way that He made it. So He made us and He made the world. Um, so yeah, so just thinking on that and trying to find a respect, um, for that. And third, um, we can dwell on how man and woman differ, um, in the way that they show God's glory. Um, I, that's basically along the same lines as what we've been talking about, but just thinking about, like, the way that, uh, the way that the two opposite sexes um, can show God's glory and think of, and, and, and just pray about that and think about that and pray that you would show um, his glory in that. Um, and um, and then also think about uh, what way does marriage reflect God's image as well? Not only uh, Christ's marriage with the, with, uh, with the church, but also, think about just that in terms of and just in general, um in the world. you know how does that how does uh, marriage reflect God's glory and God's image? Um, and just pondering um, how that how that works and how that and the different ways, because there's you know there's not only probably one way, there's multiple ways that 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 you would show his uh, glory in that. Um, so I, th- I think just dwell on that. Um, and fourth, in in what ways can you show God's image in your relationships in your life, um, in all relationships in your life? Um, and what are some things that you need to change about those relationships to center them more on Christ? Um, I made a difficult decision recently to get rid of my phone. Um, and one of the reasons for that was because every day I wake up and there's a million messages, none of them pertaining to the way I feel, which is okay. you know i don't I don't need everyone in my life to be focused on me. I don't even want that, but I think that that, that was a good humbling experience to think about. Uh, you know, I don't need, I don't need constant connection with my friends, with my people, whatever um, to to know that I am wanted Um, because i know god loves me and i know that he will his love never ceases um and nothing can separate his love from me um and so i know that that even though that's a hard decision even though i'm getting less contact with some of the people that i enjoy company with that i know that god will always be there and so that was that was that was a huge step for me but uh but just thinking about like and in, in the, in the reason I brought that up, because um, I kind of forgot about what I was trying to say, but was that uh, to center those relationships, to center those friendships, I kind of had to get away from that digital, I wanted to get away from that digital part of my relationships um, and make it face to face, make it uh, more in person, you know. And so, which is kind of funny because we live in a pandemic world where that doesn't really work. So I don't know, I'm kind of going the opposite direction than everyone. But um, but yeah, think about what you can do to center your relationships on um, on God, on Christ, whether that be a marriage, whether that be um, just a friendship, um, whatever it is. Um, it, as, as, a, as a youth, it's very difficult because everyone's changing around me you know all of all of my friends are constantly like changing and so it's it's kind of it's kind of weird and it's kind of awkward and you know people uh, that I thought were my best friends leave me every day uh, which is okay but but you know find the people that you trust find the people that are focused on Christ and make sure that whatever relationship you're in no matter what it is that it's focused on Christ Um, and dwell on that and humble yourselves in that. Um, And that there's nothing wrong in that. You know, you can't go wrong with, with uh, centering yourself on Christ. Even if you have to leave a relationship of any sort, it's better than to um, stay in a relationship that is not centered on, on Christ. Um, So yeah, that's a good thing. And um, lastly, knowing that God created us in his, Created us in his image and um, gave us many ways to give glory to him, even through um, the different ways that the genders give glory to him. We can conclude again um, that he loves us a whole lot. Uh, You know, we know that he sent his son to die for us on the cross um, so that we can one day show the perfect image of the Father, as we talked about um, last week. And so. Finally, again, if you haven't given yourself to the Lord, that would be the next step. Um, give your life to the Almighty um, and follow Him, because there's 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 no one else smarter than the one who created it all. Um, and I think and I think if anyone's listening to this and they haven't given their life to the Lord, that would be that would be the only thing that I would want out of this. If if a hundred people listen to this and only one of them gave them gave their life to the lord i would be happy um and so that's that's the goal here and that's that is what i want through this and so so if so just dwell on all of the things that we talk about dwell on the fact that christ came down um humbled himself humble you know think about it the king of the universe humbled himself to a man um even though he was fully god and fully man he he hum- humbled himself down to this earth, and just think about that, and dwell on the power of the Lord and His love for you, and the fact that He died on the cross, died the most gruesome death um, for you. And so think about that, um, and think about think about giving your life to the Lord. And if yeah, and if you and if you need anything, get in contact with me. Um, But yeah, that's that's all that I have um, for this one today. I just realized that when I was trying to say academic in the first segment, I think, I said like, academic? I don't remember what I said. I said something wrong, but uh, my apologies. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me this week. Um, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever uh, platform you're on. Um, and make sure to share the podcast. Um, can't wait to get back on next week. And do, we're going to be doing Genesis 3 The Fall of Man. Um, and we may or may not have a guest next week. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> But uh, yeah, thank you a lot and see y'all.